This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. Get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. That was my impersonation of the soundtrack to Final Fantasy XII because Nobuo Matsu didn't do the music. What are you talking about? I need a carbohydrate! You said we're ready to podcast. Let's do it. Go. Your turn. I- I'm, cast- I'm casting right now. I mean, I'm, d- I'm doing it. We're doing it You don't live. call it casting. No one has ever called it that. Maybe we could start a trend. Right here, right now. Look, that word can that word literally means nothing else. So casting, yeah, casting a fishing line, perhaps, mayhaps, as it were. No, that's that's not a definition. All right, well, hey, listener, thanks for joining us. We are the unqualified gamers. We've never called ourselves the unqualified gamers, have we? No, but we. Could. Yeah, well, we won't. This is Jonathan, my uh, lackey. Can I call you that? No. Okay. I'm Cody, John's lackey. Can I call can I call you that? Not yeah. going to. And we're going to talk about video games uh eventually. Happy Halloween by the way. This is our special Halloween episode because it's Halloween. But that really actually has no bearing on this episode whatsoever. It doesn't. There's there's going to be zero Halloweeny anything probably. But it is the episode that comes out on Halloween. On Halloween Day, not not Halloween Eve. Well, it's our spooktacular episode. Yeah, I really, you know, we did the Halloween episode a little, a little. Uh, <clears throat> we kind of blew our load. Yeah, I think so a little bit, but that that's okay. That happens. So, um, before we we talk about, uh, well, let's just let's blow our load right now. We're going to talk about Beyond Earth, civiliz- Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth, correct? Mm-hmm. Also known we, as, we according to you, Civilization Six. Mm, no, it's like Civilization 5B. Is it? Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. We can talk about well, it Well, we're going to. That's the whole episode. Uh, and that's the only game we're going to talk about. Um, John played it. I didn't really much. He's like, oh, you played it for like four hours. Dude, playing four hours of a Civ game is like doing... Yeah, you played like the first hundred turns, which is, you know... I will say that I completed... I've completed two full games of it now, and they lasted for less time than Civ 5 Fewer games. time. Yeah, it seems, because our friend Will has done a couple games too. So they aren't like 30-hour yeah. epics anymore, or what? Well, yeah, like, and, hold on, I we're mean, not reviewing the game yet. I, I said we shouldn't blow, I mean... I, I backed it up. I was going to preview, I was just teasing for late, or do you want to just talk about it now? No, you're a, you're a damn tease. What did you do this what week? What did I do this week? I did that, a lot of stuff this week. That is Why what we should we... start. Get out your calendar, get out your Tinder, figure out who you did this weekend, what you did this weekend. I'm not on Tinder. Uh, right, figure out what you did on your calendar. That's what I said. You know weekend. what's weird? I uh, I remember everything I did this weekend. That's because you weren't drinking? You weren't drinking? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure drinking... You weren't drinking enough. Yeah, all right, okay, sure. Um, what are you... Why don't you start with your weekend? So my wife was out of town. And this was the weekend that I was... That's uh, right, Daddy Daycare da- Weekend. It, it was Daddy Daycare all weekend. And I uh, I will be honest, it was the first time that I was 
by myself with Max for an extended period of time. I mean, for before that, it had been a day, right? That was the most time that I had spent as Daddy Daycare. Uh, so I will be honest, I was slightly terrified of, of because my wife does 85% of the work to take care of Max. I just sit around and look beautiful uh, holding him. So I was I was scared to take care of him, um, mostly because I was afraid I would not be able to keep him alive because that's pretty much the sole responsibility of a parent when uh, your your child is eight. It's months pretty old. major, but yeah, but the weekend kind of went off without a hitch. In fact, it was one of the best weekends that I've ever had. So it the majority of the time was spent playing video games when Max was either occupied or asleep, or playing with max and like that was pretty much all i did the whole weekend i didn't really go out anywhere saturday night i went to um i went to my mother-in-law's and she cooked dinner and we hung out so that's max's grandma um and we hung out so that that kind of took up my night um and then actually thursday night my my wife had already left um or friday night i mean and we went and we max and i walked around a lake that we really like to walk around. It was like the last nice night here in Minnesota. Well, you walked him around, right? He can't walk yet, correct? Actually, I was in the stroller, and he was... That is impressive for a nine-month-old? You've seen him. He's really big. He's actually eight months old. Eight. I was very close. But you've seen him. He's He's gigantical. Right, right. So, um... And so we walked around the lake, and then just kind of came home and hung out, and it was awesome. Um, but again, the, basically the, the other times that I was not taking care of Max or when he was preoccupied, I was like playing beyond earth. I got like one or two matches of league of legends in that was pretty great. And football was on literally all day Sunday. And it was awesome because they had like a London game that started at 8 30 AM. So from 8 30 AM to about 10 30 at night, there was Football on in the house. How many screens did you have on at once? Just one. Just the TV upstairs. Or were you playing video games? No, because I was... Uh, well, yes, again, when Max was preoccupied. But uh, for the most part, Max and I watched football together. That's a nice little bonding deal. It was awesome. It was. It seriously was a great weekend. So a lazy weekend. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, except taking care of an infant is never lazy. Well... Ever. Well... Ever. I know some people that would argue with that. God, I want to meet those people. Well, I'm one of them. Cause and I want to know how I'm how I'm doing it wrong, Ben. See, I don't think it's a big deal to take care of an infant because I never had to do it. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, what did you do on your creeptastic weekend? I had an awesome weekend, and I remember all of it without having to check my phone. Um... Saturday went well. Friday I went to well. Friday I went to some one of those local Chicago high school parties. High school parties, bunch of eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Local Chicago Just high school kidding. parties. That's not. They're all over yeah, the no, place. Surprisingly, no. I uh, went to a uh, one of those eateries that's like an old Chicago establishment that's been open for thirty or forty years, run by the same Italian family. Little pizzeria. What the hell is in? Eater, what the hell is an eatery compared to a restaurant? What is that? What is an eatery? I don't know. It's like a restaurant, but small. I don't know. I don't know the science behind restaurant tourism, as it were. The culinary arts. I don't know the vernacular. I mean, can we just call it? A, 
Can we just call it a restaurant so you don't sound so, like a presumptuous No, it's because it was an eatery. Asshole? Why did my window just pop up? Uh, no, it's an eatery, not a restaurant. It's a little place where you eat, hence called an eatery. <laughs> I, I See, I call them restaurants. I don't know. I mean, if McDonald's can call itself a restaurant, I feel like this eatery could also be called a restaurant. Well, the eatery could call itself a restaurant, but it's not going to do that because it's an eatery. So I went to an eatery. I don't even remember the name of the place. See, for that, I will pull up Google Calendar. And only because you've made such a big deal about it at this point uh, is why I'm doing it. Because you don't care. You don't care where I ate. But I'm going do to... Do you think eatery's the, eatery's the name of the owner? I mean, let's, that's got to be it. I was at Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder Co. Like company. Which is an eatery. There you go. Okay. Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder Company. It's Trump card. One of these little Italian joints where they got like 30 tables and like you can fit 100 people in there. And it's the same Italian family. Probably been running it for since it opened or whatever. Weird backstory about the, uh, the, the host. The host apparently has been interviewed by newspapers for never writing down people's names when they arrive. But he remembers the exact order in which everyone arrives. I guess that's, like, an impressive skill. I mean, I guess. It's kind of a weird thing. I know. He's been doing it for 30 years and has never had to write down the order in which people came in. Do you think he just remembers the way that the women's hair smells? Because that's pretty It's creepy. probably the way the women's hair smells. Because mm-hmm. I was wearing women's He's perfume. Like, so, so when you walk in, if you're with a female, does he say, hey, come here for just a second? And then he goes, <laughs> and then that's, it's like, all right, I got you it. You know, it's hard to say. Um, okay. doubtful, but it, you never know. So, uh, did that. And then Saturday morning, I actually did a, uh, walk for the cure breast cancer event at soldier field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that mm-hmm. was cool. My company sponsored that, which was really nice. So I did the walk for the cure and then they shuttled us, um, to my, 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 my current employer is located on the 40, 41st floor of a, uh, building, right by the Sears Tower in downtown Chicago. So 41st floor is very, very tall, very high. But it's not in the, it's not in the Sears no. Tower. No, 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 no. Uh, okay, so it's not it's not in the, the tallest building. Uh, correct. No, 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 no. It's, you're in like the runner, you're like, you're in the less, well, I mean, one the of less the tall, you're in the less tall building. But it's still a pretty it's, nice. I mean, a slightly inferior building. Okay, so it's not, it's not the best building. You're not in the best you're probably you're in one of the, the lesser buildings in downtown Chicago. So it's still a pretty nice view being from 41 stories up. You can see, I mean, I can see US Cellular Field, I can see Soldier Field, I can see Indiana, like a lot of the coast of Indiana. Apparently I can see Michigan on a very clear day. So it's like the worst building that's around of those buildings that are around of between your building and the Sears Tower, yours is the worst. So I, they had a friends and family open house, so I brought a few of my friends, and they got to see my company. I ate free food, and that was very nice, and that was fantastic, because I got free Luminati's pizza, and that is always a good thing. Yeah, Luminati's pizza is awesome. It yes, is really thank good. you. So then, fr- then Saturday night, uh, I ruined my entire day by playing video games with you. Why that was a good idea, I don't know. We'll get to that later. And then uh, Sunday, Sunday, I went to Edwards Orchard, which is a staple of Rockford and Northern Illinoisans. Did you drive all the way to to? That's like an hour and a half from you, yeah. isn't it? 
Is there not a closer apple orchard? There is. There are closer apple orchards, but I chose not to explore them. I remember Ab- Edward's apple orchard. I have not been to Edward's apple orchard in like over 10 years, probably 15 to 20 years. Okay. Like, I haven't been since I was 9 or 10. So this was like a nostalgia trip, too. I mean, I don't remember literally any of it. All I remember was that I liked it growing up. So it, all I remember, all I remember from it were donuts, like really good. Donuts. Uh, and I bought a dozen of those donuts, and yeah. I have eaten one for breakfast every day this week. Right. They're amazing. And actually, I know. That's... Right before we started this podcast, I decided I want a little snack, and so I grabbed, I grabbed a true dungeon cup from Gen Con, and I filled it with some Edwards Apple Orchard apple cider. Very good. Uh, note for the listener, if you have refrigerated apple cider, it takes more than one minute in the microwave to heat up. Also, note to Edwards Apple Orchard, if you'd like to sponsor Unqualified Gamers, please contact us at unqualifiedgamers.com. at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes. That's yes. right. Which you can find our contact information at unqualifiedgamers.com. I spent, like, almost $100 on things. I got apple butter. I got... On, on apple-related... Apple related merchandise. Well, did you get a stuffed apple? I did get local honey because it, I don't know if you knew this. Well, of course you knew this. You're a pharmacist. If you eat honey that is created locally, it actually builds up your allergy immunity. Yeah, except that it's honey that's manufactured within like 20 miles of where you live, not within 100 miles of where you live. Okay, but whenever there were a couple instances where I went to Rockford to visit my parents and just had my allergies exploded, like freaked out. So I think it's close enough to Rockford. To where it might help. Mm-hmm. Really, what you should do is any place you plan on traveling, you should just order honey from somewhere around there and then just eat That's honey. That's a good idea. Just eat, yeah, eat all of the okay. honey. Just eat eat the honey, and you'll turn into an, an immunity god. Is that what will happen? That's do I get works. immunity plus that's, one for it? That's how, that's how it works. Your skin will start to glow. It'll be great. Okay. Um... So there's so do that. There's, so yeah, I had a very eventful weekend. I did a walk at Soldier Field, power walk three miles. I had a, had some friends do a thing, and then I had the Edwards Apple Orchard. It's very uh, it's nice. It's very nice. It's a nice um weekend. Those are things that I can have sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was the end of the week. Yeah, and then uh, and then all week I've been working on my Halloween costume, which I really want it done for this episode, but will not be. So you'll have to wait until next week, and it's going to be basically one of the most awesome Halloween costumes ever. In fact, you could say that you will never, ever look at Halloween costumes the same way again. I'll just leave it at that. I will be the judge of the quality of the Halloween costume. Will you? Mm-hmm. You're dressing like a pharmacist for Halloween. I will be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. I... So let's talk about some video games. A video, you know, we don't normally play the same thing. It happens infrequently. It's probably happened four or five times over the course of this show, right? Final Fantasy thirteen two for 13 episodes. <laughs> I think that was something that we both played at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Risk of Rain. We both played at the same yeah. time, and those are literally the only two that come to mind. Uh, uh, Bioshock Infinite, we both played at the same time. Yeah. Um, Gone Home, we both played at the same oh, time. God. And I can't think of, I can't think of any others. I think I might hit them all. So Rogue Legacy. Uh, this was kind no, of you did Rogue Legacy first. I did Rogue Legacy before you, and I had been kind of done with it. 
Except I jumped back to it, you know. I, that was a game I came it's back to It's one of your comfort games. It's a great comfort yeah. game. It really so is. So there's that. Uh, but we both got Beyond Earth uh, Civilization. Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth, I think is the the full title mm, of that That is game. correct. Just came out last week. You and I don't buy a ton of new games, so this was kind of a big deal. Um, I don't know. We've talked kind of extensively about Civ Five on this show for multiple episodes. Um, if you know nothing about Civilization, listener, it is a what is called a 4X strategy game. These are turn-based strategy games. The X's stand for exploitation, which doesn't start with an X. Extermination, which doesn't start with an X. Exploration, which doesn't start with an X. And exploration, extermination, exploitation, and... Extortion. Expansion. Ex- it's not extortion. extortion. It's, exp- it's expansion. You can play as Chicago gangsters. So basically the idea of the game is you start with a small city and you slowly or quickly grow your civilization into a larger area across the map. And then there are all sorts of different things. It's it's like a board game. It's really like a board game. It's uh, like a board a game, game, but board the game. most complicated board game ever made that you could never play as a board game. Right. Right, exactly. Because there's all sorts of systems behind the scenes that are working. Um, but it's the type of game where you're worried about things like the culture of your civilization. You're worried about the the economy of your civilization. Um, in, in Beyond Earth, they've introduced something called an affinity, which is one of three victory tracks that your civilization uses to uh, determine how you're going to win the game. Because there's five different ways to win the game. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of like the base, the base overview of it. But at first blush, when I first looked at this game, first of all, when they announced this game, I was pumped because I love civilization. It is not my favorite setting for a strategy game. Personally, my favorite strategy games are all set in a sci-fi space universe. Like StarCraft? Sure, that's a real-time strategy game. Uh, But more like Alpha Centauri, um, more recently Endless Space. I really dug Endless Space. It just had some major flaws that made it not a a great game. Um, But just in general, like the space exploration stuff is like, that is what I... That is what my favorite, the, the, really, legitimately, that is my favorite um, strategy. FTL, games. sure, kinda. Uh, more that's more a roguelike though. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I was super excited because I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be Alpha Centauri or Master of Orion, something like that." Like this is going to be the next big space exploration 4X game that is going to be good. It's going to be what I wanted Endless Space to be, but wasn't. Um, so I was, I was legit, I was, I was hyped and I was, I was super hyped for something that I, I knew, and that I basically stopped following the game. So I kind of knew nothing about it um, up until the point of release. So got, got the game, got into the game, started playing my first game. And like the first thing you do is you set up all of these initial stats with your, your main civilization. And they've, they've taken kind of an interesting route in that, there aren't individual civilizations that have um, 
all of their specialties laid out for you. Like, in the previous Civilization games, you would pick a civilization. You know, you'd have England, and they would have specific naval units that they would have that were special. They'd have some naval bonuses, because that was their big thing as a civilization, right? Um, and that was it. Like, th those wouldn't change over the course of the game. This game is uh, interesting in that you, s you pick all of these different parameters that your civilization starts with. You do pick a civilization, like you would pick... you, And they're not really civilizations, they're more like corporations... But there's like the there's like Brasilia, so you know like the based the off Portugal, nation of Brazil, uh, the the nation of there's like the United States country, and then you do these other parameters too, like um, what they're uh, kind of like what they specialize in, in in terms of like do they specialize in gold production or or just production in general, um, like producing goods. Um, and so there's five different things that you pick before the game even starts. And then your civilization lands onto the map. And the very first thing I thought was like, holy shit, this, this is, this looks like Civ Five. I mean, like the map to me looked just at first blush. Like I was like, this, like this looks completely like Civ Five. Yeah, but that's what it looked like from all the trailers, etc. Right? I saw, I watched one trailer and that was all I knew about this game. Other than them talking about how it was going to be like, like Alpha Centauri or Master of Orion. So, um, and then I just, I started playing it and I played it like I would Civ Five, which I, they kind of like set it up with their tutorials. Like that's what you should do. And I played through a hundred turns of, of my first game and, um, it plays like Civ Five, like it plays exactly like civ 5 not true so for me i can play that game the same and the same way that i would play civ 5 and be successful so that's not good right it's not that it's not good because i love civ 5 and i'll be honest the game is this game is like here's the thing about this game beyond earth is all of the expansions of civ 5 rolled into one with some streamlining done to make it a better game in my opinion i think this is a better game than civ 5 it's my biggest problem is that i had these expectations for this and it doesn't meet them that does not mean this is not a good game i think it's a i legit i mean i've already i've already played it for like 20 hours i've got multiple multiplayer games going on and i've played two full single player games like i like this game a lot it is it is not what i expected and it did just the not lining up with my expectations is a personal problem it is not a it is not a problem with the game but my, my biggest issue is that if you already own civ 5 and the brave new world expansion i don't think there's a ton extra here to make it wor like worth worthwhile of a 50 dollar purchase but I wouldn't have known that going in. I mean, I've only played four hours of it. It seems to me like there's a lot of extra stuff. Okay, so let's 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 get down to brass tacks. So let's talk about what they've what they've added. Then, like, what's different? Miasma. Okay. So what Cody's referring to is there's a there's a new substance that appears on maybe if I had to hazard a guess, maybe a third of all of the tiles over the map. Uh, over the uh, on the on the land areas of well, the maybe map. like that's, a fourth. 
it's quite a few tiles regardless. And what Miasma does is just the base rules of, of Miasma are that when your unit stops on that, if they end their turn on Miasma, they lose 10 health. So for every turn that your unit sits in Miasma, they lose 10 health. Uh, and all units have 100 health um, that goes up and down if you're healing or whatever. But that is the general rule of Miasma. And then there are different things throughout the game that can um, that can manipulate the Miasma. So you've got, you've got stuff that can... Uh, you've got orbital units that can get rid of the Miasma. You've got worker... Your worker units can clear it with the right technology. Um... There are there's an affinity bonus for one of the affinity trees, and we'll talk about those in a second. That allows Miasma to actually heal your units, and then there are orbitals that actually put Miasma onto the map. So, but the general thing about the general thing that Miasma does is it does damage to you, and it heals aliens if they if they sit in Miasma. It's it's not like to me I didn't find it that like complicated of a concept. I didn't really think it added a ton. Uh, it changes combat quite a bit. And the aliens are hella powerful. They're way different than barbarians. Yeah, and that's that's a significant change. If you walk into the game as, like, and you treat the indigenous alien population like you would barbarians in Civ, they're going to wreck you. See, in Civ, in Civ, the barbarians were inherently hostile. Like, they wanted to wreck your shit. That is what the barbarians did. They were just a force that was there to hinder your progress but aliens in this game are not inherently aggressive oftentimes you can kind of coexist with them um and it's cool they will attack you if you if they if they just feel like it so they they are some that can be aggressive if you get too close to them uh, and then there are some that will attack you if they are provoked but the, a majority of the time i have found and even on moderate difficulty, I haven't bumped it up past the, the medium difficulty yet. But even on the medium difficulty, they have kind of just kind of live and let live, for the most part. Interesting. So they they are an interesting they are an interesting um, dynamic within the game because they are everywhere. So the aliens are much more prolific than the barbarians were. Yeah. Oh, they are everywhere. Right. They're everywhere. So you do have to kind of work around them. But again. They can be manipulated by some technologies, and they are inherently non-aggressive. So the other thing that they've introduced are satellite deployments, which is kind of like a new unit type. It affects like a yeah. wide area. So you like build a satellite, launch it up, and then uh, let's say it's a miasma clearing satellite. You can choose like a portion of your kind of territory or near your city. Uh, that just kind of blasts down and takes out the miasma, or yeah, Cody's talking about orbital, orbital units. units. And, so, and so basically, it's a unit that you launch into space, and it creates a passive effect on the map over an area of spaces. Yeah, and you get to choose those spaces, and there's about eight different orbitals that that do this, and it's they're simply passive effects. Um, some of the later ones like do damage over an area to your enemies. They're like bombardment orbitals, and they do those do add a pretty strategic element to to the game. Um, for some of the later orbitals, the earlier orbitals, I I don't think impact the game all that much. Mm -hmm. Some of them are just like increase gold for this area, or like over this area of your city. Um, other ones are yes, they clear an area of miasma. Huh. Well, I thought it was those later those later ones that alter like combat statistics and alter um, 
and like actually attack units over areas, those those are much more significant uh, to the strategic element of the game, I think. Sure, makes sense. Uh, but it, that is an extra thing that I like. I do like the orbital, the orbitals. Um, it just gives you a little more control over the map. Yeah, so off the top of my head, I would say that, that those are the major differences that I saw. Also, the victory conditions seem to be a bit tweaked from civilizations. And, and that was the thing that I wanted to talk about the most. So um, all I would argue with you that all of those changes that we just talked about are not significant changes. One just adds a new unit type that adds passive effects to an area. The miasma is just a hazard that you have to watch out for in the map. Um, and the aliens are, while they are not barbarians, um, and you shouldn't approach them like you would barbarians in Civ, they, they serve a similar purpose to barbarians. They're just something you have to, they're a unit that is neutral that you have to work around in the environment as you expand your civilization. Kind of like a city-state, really. Well, those, I mean, city-states no longer exist. Uh, Right. took those out. But this is like the new city-state. Kind of, except you can't get anything from them. But they they do have bases that appear on, on the map um, of settlers coming from Earth to settle, and you can trade with these bases. That's what that's the new that's the new city state. But they don't have personalities of their own. Um, <clears throat> they're much more passive than a city state is in Civ. But those do kind of exist. The victory condition thing is the most significant change, and it's actually the main reason why I like this game more than I like Civ. My big problem with Civ is that on the higher difficulties, the games, the the AI simply turns more um, militarily aggressive, and I don't feel like they pursue other avenues of victory um, to the same degree that they pursue a military victory in Civ. Right? I can see that, yeah. Um. And I haven't turned up the difficulty on this, but that is also, that's the same complaint I have um, with dealing with, like, it seems like, it seems like playing with good Civ players, they also focus very much on, on military and expansion, at least the ones that I have played. Oh, interesting. Now, yeah, that's probably a personal, that, that's probably more of a personal uh, bias to that part of the game. But the AI certainly, um acts way more aggressively on the higher difficulties. Um, I can't speak to this game's AI on the higher difficulties. I imagine it's probably the same. But what it ended up doing for me was that the military victory became something like something that you had to kind of sort of work towards in, in Civ. And the other victory conditions became a little more ancillary on the higher difficulties. Yeah, I can... Because because you had to just just by just because the computer played so aggressively, the only way to respond to it was with aggression of your own, and it wouldn't be just holding the computer away. You'd pretty much have to press the computer in order to 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 win those games on higher difficulties. I would agree with that. So this game has that game also had culture victory conditions. Um, and it had diplomatic victory conditions. Those were the three main ones, right? Yeah, and diplomatic was garbage. Yeah, they did a bunch to change that in Brave New World. Um, but I think people still complained that it was pretty difficult to do. Oh, I disagree. It was it was insane. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. It, it, it's 
basically whoever builds the uh, there's a wonder that gives you two extra people in the in the world council or whatever. Basically, if you ha- if you build that and or you're playing as Greece, you pretty much automatically get it. Oh, I guess I guess I didn't play enough of Brave New World. Oh, I played a ton of Civ, and that, that was my problem. Was I would turn off diplomatic victories because it would get to the point where it would just get to the point where like if you didn't have that wonder or you didn't have like enough city states with their allegiance to you, like the CP would win as soon as diplomatic victory was available, and it's like that stupid and broken. I I, I was like in charge of yeah, it, it was stupid. Okay, so but but the point is is there's diplomat there was diplomatic victory, there was a culture victory. Which is just which was just moving down the culture path enough spaces. Um, that one was hard, I thought. And then that actually changed. They updated that in Brave New World to something different as well. They had that had to do with uh, um, tourism. Uh, I can't remember what they tourism. Yeah. yeah, there was it was like a tourism victory, uh, and then there was the military. So this game has done away with those particular victory conditions. You can still win the game by being the only culture left with your capital so if you have your capital but you've destroyed everybody else's capital has been destroyed you win the game then as well um that seems like one of the that doesn't seem like a victory condition that they expect you to go for at least when you're reading their their civilopedia um the 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 new victory conditions that they've done and this is the thing i really like are there are basically three different affinities that you start to align your civilization with as you research new technologies and as you make um quest decisions quests are something they've added in this game too i'll talk about those in a minute so the three different affinities are unity uh supremacy and um harmony the three different philosophies harmony is um you are you are going to create this symbiotic relationship between humans and the natives, the native planet. And it eventually leads you to construct something that unites all of the collective intelligence from the planet with all of humanity. And you, you basically transcend into a new race of being. So that's harmony's victory condition. And it's harmony's got some really interesting stuff in it, in that like the, Eventually, if you go far, far enough on the harmony path, like the miasma no longer harms you because, you know, you have a, a, a better understanding of the planet, right? Um, they've got units that you eventually unlock that are amalgamations of aliens and humans. So that's kind of an interesting victory condition. Um, supremacy is all about subjugating old Earth. You create a military and it's it's like... It's like proving that that humans are superior to everything. And you basically drag humanity kicking and screaming in onto this world. You you subjugate them. And the idea behind that is you you eventually will create a gate that you start pushing military units through to go back and and take over the remaining humanity left on Earth. Um probably one of the more darker victory conditions. And then there's there's unity, which I don't know. I, that's the only victory condition I haven't done yet. I don't know the philosophy behind unity, but I know that the victory condition, you have to create outposts for humanity to come through. And you have to f- create them all over the map, and then you have to protect them. And if you protect them for long enough, if you, if you make enough of them and you protect them for long enough, 
that's how you win the game that way. So there's these three very, very different philosophies to to winning the game. Super interesting way to do it. I, I love it. And it makes you... And of course, those technologies aren't the ones that affect... The, the, te- the technologies that that increase your affinity for one of those three branches don't affect the gameplay as much as the other technologies that don't contain those affinities. And that's by design. Because if you want to build those technologies, you have to sacrifice some of the more... So you have to sacrifice the time that could be used to to research some of the more um, impactful technologies. Right? So I like what they've done there. I mean, again, that's very that's a very board game style philosophy, like trade offs everywhere. And Civ's always been about trade offs, uh, so I really like that. Um, and one of the other great things that they've done, the other giant changes, is that your military is not based on your technologies. Like you don't you don't research new units, for instance. You do, but you the units are then their power is increased by increasing that affinity so by naturally by naturally getting closer to your victory condition you are also naturally increasing the strength of your army instead of in civilization having to choose do i research aqueduct or swordsman exactly exactly because in in civ you would research something that would be good for like the culture of your civilization and if you did that too many times with ignoring your military, if any civilization was researching their military, they would stomp you, right? Because they would just come in with advanced units, and one advance, one of their advanced units could kill four of your 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 basic. Units. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I hated it because I would exactly. go towards like three different victory types, get all these different buildings and all this other stuff. But oh wait, I didn't spend thirty turns researching musketmen. Here come three musketmen. I'm dead. And they're going to destroy my entire civilization. Exactly. So I really, really like that change. Yeah, I I think I will like that change as well. Yeah, the military is... The military and those victory conditions are the most significant changes for me. And they are also the things that I... uh, The reasons why I think this game is a better game than Civ V. I really do. Cool. I like that. Now, that being said, what I wanted... And listener, if you if you are in the same boat as me and don't know about this game, maybe you know about it now because you know reviews are out and everything. But I wanted space combat. I wanted space exploration. I wanted I wanted super advanced technology. I, I wanted I wanted stuff to happen in space. I wanted like planetary colonization, not just on one planet. I wanted it on multiple planets. But what this is, is this is, this is civilization, not on Earth. So they, they have a little more license to like, they have a little more license to like, have different, different resource types. That's something that they've changed. But in effect, and this is, this is, this is the disappointing part. In effect, the resources work the exact same way that resources worked in Civ Five. They just have different names. Yeah. They just reskinned. They just reskinned them, and they could have done so much different stuff by not setting this on Earth. They weren't constrained to the world of, of like, fact, of like of 
of what actually exists. They finally had an opportunity to move into more science fiction based stuff. Like instead of just changing gold to energy and changing food to health, they could have added like dilithium crystals. Sure. That powers some kind of new spaceship unit that can explore another world or something. It doesn't even matter, but a different kind of thing that you have to accumulate a different way by mining it or finding it or... I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and and overall what end like what ends up happening is like instead of, you know, instead of instead of horses, you're harvesting xenomass. You know, horses are used for these units. Xenomass are used for these units. Um, instead of harvesting iron, you're harvesting phyraxite, which is a a military production resource and is used for military and production-based buildings and units for certain victory conditions. So those those are like, that is why I was slightly disappointed with this game. And I don't want, I don't want to misconstrue, I don't want like the listener to misconstrue what I'm saying. I really like this game. In fact, I like it more than Civ Five. It's just not what I was expecting. I was expecting something far different than Civ Five, and what I ended up getting was basically Civ Five with a couple of additions. They're welcome additions, but it, it's hard for me to justify it like a $50 price tag on this. I could totally see this being a, an expansion to Civ Five. Totally. Really? Yes. Even with all the new yeah. art and... Uh, yeah, it looks enough like it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and what I was just thinking the whole time is, the given... Firaxis's propensity for expansions, I would imagine they may expand upon the concept of Beyond Earth in future expansions, and maybe that'll offer what you're looking for. And that is my biggest hope. And that is the thing that I want to like leave this with, uh, just at first blush, for this game. Because you and I will probably play a lot more of this game. I know I will. I have been so busy the last week, I am livid that I have not played more. Right. I, I have an entire weekend planned in a couple weeks where I am literally just going to sit and play this game. <laughs> right. So you and I are definitely going to play more of this game. And the, the biggest takeaway to to this whole conversation that we've had, and the thing I want to leave it at then, is that Firaxis supports their Civilization games. They always have. Civ Five had two large expansions that dramatically changed the way the game was played. I fully expect Beyond Earth to have similar expansions. So I'm hopeful that there will be some new things added that will make it a larger departure from Civ Five. In the meantime, I'm going mean, to play it. Yeah. Like the other thing too, like just going back really quickly to, to the idea that, you know, they had so much more license to change stuff that they didn't take if you're going to do stuff on an alien world, why not let the player be like an alien civilization? To me, that seems like a no-brainer. Rather than have everybody be humans. Humans are boring. We got humans in Civ V. Let's be something else. Yeah, but these are space humans, John. You can't argue with that. That is, in fact, a perfect argument. There's literally nothing you can say to refute that. You're right, I got nothing. Sorry. Space humans. Space humans so we'll are be gr- back. We'll be back, and I'm sure we'll report on this game some more in the future as our opinions of it change and evolve. 
Um, I haven't even gotten to do the third victory type yet, so I kind of want to see how that goes. The harmony victory type to me was super fun. The supremacy victory type was not. I did not enjoy. Why it. not? Because the end of the the end of it is you literally make a gate, and you feed a thousand strength worth of unit worth of units into the gate, and you can only feed one per turn. So I had completely decimated all of the rest of the civilizations on my on my continent and so my turns were just literally feed the strongest unit into the gate and turn and i had to do that for about 15 turns while the rest of the world was going on and it was not fun yeah but okay fine so yeah well that's beyond earth uh that's exciting um i am very excited to play more of it I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't play a lot of video games anymore. No, you really don't. I don't even know why you do this. The show. last month or three has been pretty rough on my game schedule. I mean, it took me eight yeah. months to beat Bravely Default. I mean, there are games that are going to come out though that you're going to be playing. Like when when Smash Brothers comes out, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Probably. It will be. I know it will be. But, I mean, I haven't beaten Hyrule Warriors. I kind of stopped or slowed down playing Smash Brothers. Uh, I mean, when's the last game I beat Bravely Default? That was in, like, June. It's October. Maybe July. I think you actually completed that in August or September, actually. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. Whatever. I still feel mildly bad about it. I actually just downloaded the Pokemon Omega Red and Ruby Sapphire demo, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I downloaded the demo. It was, like, exclusive for Nintendo, Club Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. I haven't played it yet, because on the train this morning, I was, like, checking work emails. No, it was because this morning on the train, I didn't get a seat. I live far enough north to where I usually get a seat in the morning, but I hit a bad train, and there were no seats. So I had to stand, and you can't really play 3DS with one hand very easily. Mm, please, please give me a Chicago CTA update, please, because it's, it's my favorite part of our yeah. show, is when you give me the CTA So update, today please. I left work a little late. I had okay. to work late, yeah, so I, I left at like 5.45. Um, mm-hmm. And see, I have to get on the train. It's the first stop south of the river, so it's the first stop in the mm-hmm. loop, as it is called, mm-hmm. on the brown line. So mm-hmm. I got on that, and then... So I take it. Talk so I take it south, and so it goes counterclockwise around the loop, and then it goes back up north. So I definitely got a seat. Uh, the train was. Oh, my nipples are pretty hard. Virtually now. empty. Um, is there any video game news we'd like to talk about? Is anything going on in the world of video games that's worth talking about? There's a ton. There's a ton of stuff just like coming out, but no. What do you mean coming I, out? I mean, well, like Sunset Overdrive just came out, but neither of us have an Xbox One, so we won't play it. Okay. But that's a big deal. No. It's a racing game. How is that a big deal? It's not a racing game. Oh, look, game. I'm every racing game ever made. That is my impression of racing games. It's not a racing oh, game. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Bayonetta 2 came out. Uh, finally, I'll be getting that at some point. But I haven't, you know, haven't got it yet. That's two things. You're like, oh, there's all this video game news. Literally two things happened. I said there's stuff coming out. Well, all right, fine. I have a conundrum, and I'd like the listener's help. Listener, this is you where you come in. Oh, first of all, I apologize uh, for the last episode's latency drop about 10 minutes into the episode. I, uh, I'm i an idiot, and I deleted most of a file, and uh, 
So that's why the first like only seven to eight minutes of the episode are high quality, and then it drops. My mistake. Mm-hmm. This week that won't happen. Anyway, listener, I need your help. I am in a huge conundrum. I'm going to be Mexico the day that Smash Brothers uh, for the Wii U comes out. Okay? I get back the following day on a Saturday at around 9 p.m. Okay, so Saturday night. I need to get back to Chicago, get into my apartment, walk in the door, or walk into my apartment building and have Smash Brothers for Wii U sitting there ready for me to play. I need this. Like I need like I need air, okay? This is how it needs to go. Now, mm-hmm. normally to accomplish this, I would order a game off of Amazon.com because Amazon is exceptional at delivering games the day they are released. So, uh, Metroid, uh, uh, Metroid Other M comes out uh, this day on Friday. Boom. What happens when I'm standing there, sitting there at work at my desk? Oh, you got a package. What is it? Oh, it's Metroid Other M. Thanks, Amazon. Good job. Great. Amazon's awesome. Cool? Cool. Amazon is sold out of the Smash Brothers Wii U GameCube adapter controller bundle, which is the copy that I, the version that I want. Mm-hmm. Now, there are alternative retailers from which I can order this. There's GameStop, and there's Best Buy, and there is, I think, one other one. Toys R Us. Cool. And I think actually I think only two of those offer the bundle. I think I think it might be Toys R Us doesn't offer the bundle. I'm not sure. One, but one of them I don't believe does. So it gives me so between GameStop, Toys R Us, and Best Buy, which one of these retailers will not only ship me the game and it can be one day late. It can be one day late cuz remember I have one day margin of error here. If it arrives Saturday that's fine cuz I'll be here Saturday night. It doesn't need to be Friday, but there is a retailer, and I believe it was GameStop. I am 85% sure it was GameStop, and that retailer, I ordered a game, and it arrived the Monday after release day. Mm-hmm. That literally cannot happen to me, or I will die. I'll physically die if that happens with Smash Brothers. So listen, I need to know from you. If it comes down to GameStop, Best Buy, or Toys R Us, which one can I guaranteed have the game delivered to my door within 24 hours of the release and not have to wait until Monday? That is your assignment. Please leave a comment on unqualifiedgamers.com or on our Google Plus page or email us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us at any of a number of a myriad of other ways at unqualifiedgamers.com. You can tweet us. You can whatever. So please let me know. I do not know whether to go through GameStop, Toys R Us, or Best Buy. And this is, a, this is of paramount importance. So, and I got to figure it out fast before someone else sells out of the bundle, you know? And I'm not worried about Amiibos, because I recently read an article that the Amiibos aren't actually going to be your character that you play. Did you see this? I know nothing about them. So I thought... I know nothing nothing about them other than they are little figures that have near-field communication in them. Yeah, so I thought it was like, let's say you get the Marth figurine. You put the Marth figurine on on your Wii U, and it loads up your Marth. And then you play as Marth, and you as you use him, he kind of levels up, quote-unquote. 
and then you get this slightly stronger Marth. And then you go to your friend's house, you tap your little amiibo to their Wii U, and then suddenly you're using your Marth, quote-unquote, against their guys, like slightly customizable perhaps, or at least like get stronger somehow. But I guess that's not how it works. I guess it's only – it's a CPU-controlled player that you like mm-hmm. play against and spar with and level up, and then – you can have it fight other amoeba. Like I didn't, I don't really understand it. But the article that I read made it sound much less uh, important. Yeah, so I'm probably gonna hold off on the amiibos until until I get some other verdicts on them once it comes out. You know, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But less worried about that. More worried about the GameCube controller bundle with uh, Smash Brothers Wii U. So that is my huge dilemma for the month and i would really really appreciate your feedback slash input on that because i'm kind of panicking about it i'm not gonna lie like if i get home and i have to spend saturday night sitting around not playing smash brothers i may freak out yeah we're all we're all very concerned like i'm gonna have to take like prescription drugs to fall asleep like insulin like like way too much possibly just drink myself into a coma like this is a huge Mm -hmm. deal I need to know who to order, from whom to order. And again, I won't be in until like 9, so it's going to be too late for me to go to my local like store and get it. That is the huge issue. Now, if there were a 24-hour Walmart near me, that'd be one thing. But as everyone knows, there are no Walmarts. There are no full super Walmarts within the city limits of Chicago due to ordinances. And I'm not kidding about that. They have recently allowed Walmart Express in this parts of Chicago, which is just the groceries. Um, for lower grocery costs, but there are no Walmarts where I can buy uh, that in the city. So there are no 24-hour retailers, to my knowledge, where this could happen. If only CVS would sell that package. Why isn't Target 24 hours here? That's weird. That was fascinating. Do you have a 24-hour Target? Are there 24-hour Targets? I don't think so. Oh. We're all very concerned, though. I know. I know. Thank you for being concerned, legitimately concerned mm-hmm. about my Smash Brothers dilemma. What were, what were you talking about again? 